Hello out there to all my lit lovers and word warriors. I'm your host, K.E. Robinson, and you're kicking it with me in the author spot, the hottest spot for the reader and you. If you're an author looking to tell your story or a reader looking for the next great one to dive into, join us at theauthorspot.com for books, reviews, and other great tools. Lit lovers and word warriors, welcome to this episode of The Author Spot. I bring with me today someone that we probably would be all honored to meet, someone that has something that we all need to be introduced to. I bring to you number one multiple times on Amazon, you know, the platform, Miss Sandra E. Jackson. And now, not only is Miss Sandra telling us about a book that she's already put out today, she's going to tell us about one that's coming up pretty soon. Let's get started. And let's talk about trauma, grief, pain bodies, and healing by Miss Sandra E. Jackson. Miss Jackson, we want them to buy your book, but first let them buy into you. Welcoming to the author spot, Miss Sandra E. Jackson. I love it. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Doing well. That's great. Yes, I am the author of Trauma, Grief, Pain, Bodies, and Healing. This book was birthed in my closet, my prayer closet. And I was in the middle of writing another book entitled A Few Things My Mother Forgot to Tell Me Before She Died. (laughs) And I said, Lord, let me go in my closet and see if I can get a different angle. See what the Lord has to say. I went in there. I planned on going for a week and it ended up a month and and two weeks. And on the last day, this book was birthed. I heard a voice say grief, trauma, pain bodies and healing. I was laying prostrate on the floor and I sat up and I said, no, because my mind was somewhere else. My mother had deceased and I wanted to talk about my mother. You know how that is, right? And I heard God tell me he wants me to write this book. And I'm like, "Mm -mm, I can't do it. I have a different mindset. He says to me, my people need it now. I threw up both of my hands and I surrendered to his will. He told me I want my people whole and complete. I said to God in that moment, I'll do it. But I need for you to tell me everything you want in this book from front to back, because I don't know what this is about. I left out of my closet, sat in my chair. He gave me the outline in the closet. And as I was walking out of my closet, he said, the first chapter must be broken pieces. And I sat down at my chair and I began to type. And what he did, he worked everything through me first as a guinea pig. It was a test project to see if it would work on humans. You know, they test on rats and animals, but God tests on humans. (laughs) So, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. This project was huge. I sat down at my desk and I began to type and he began to feed me and he downloaded and downloaded and downloaded so many nuggets. He gave you vocabulary terms to learn. He gave you a daily prayer a daily quote, is so many jewels in this one book, it is unbelievable. 
I could not have did this on my own. He gave you a daily challenge to challenge you in your life, to make you do the hard work. I don't want to keep talking. I could keep talking, but do you have a question? <laughs> All right. So yeah, he gave you a daily scripture. I put my favorite hymns in here. I put a word search affirmations in here. It is so much in here. Your money cannot buy the wealth of knowledge that's in this book. It's only sold for $20 or $25, I believe. You will get an autographed copy from me and I package it pretty well, different from anybody else. (laughs) I also put a bookmark in there and I, I give you a word of encouragement straight from what God tells me to write at that moment. So I'm very detailed and I have a passion for my audience. So whomever reads my book, you'll feel my touch and my love. Yes, ma'am. No, Ms. Jackson, you just keep going. There's, there's like 20 other episodes where they can hear my voice. If they want to hear me. That's not what they're here for. <laughs> so listen, I am engaged in so many works right now. I am in Joy Comes in the Morning by Vanessa Blackwell. And on that project, there were 90 co-authors. We made number one bestseller. We also were on a Times Square billboard. We looked a lot of things. The next one, I was also in a book by Mirtha Du Bois, My Hidden Strength. And in that book, I wrote a chapter about do not ignore the signs. So men and women out there, you're engaged in relationship. Listen, you don't know what to do. You see various signs, but you ignore them. We all do it. I'm guilty. I was married for 20 years, ended up in a horrible divorce, nine children later. So I'm able to tell you about the signs that I saw because one of my elder, I call her my elder friends, she said, Sandra, what were the signs? And I said, Mary, there were no signs. And she says, baby girl, there were plenty of signs. You just ignored them, right? And so I learned from that to search, to do the work, um, the inner work, the work that we don't like to do. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to draft a chapter. And I really love this chapter because I had to leave and walk away. I had to cry a little bit. I had to do a little soul searching. I had to come up with the truth of what I saw but ignored. And why did I ignore the signs? What in me made me ignore all of those signs that were right there in front of my face? But because of love, because of the misconception of marriage and having children, that gives young girls a reason to ignore the signs because you have a facsimile of the truth, you know, the house and the picket fence and all of that. And yes, as a little girl, you never know, am I going to get married? Will I ever have children? You know, enough of that. You need that as well. And you can go to my website and purchase all of my items. All right. Then I'm in a book right now with uh, Verlisa Waring entitled, I Am Woman. I Am Woman. There are 17 women in this book, and we speak about empowerment. We speak to the audience of women, young girls, those that are stuck, those that have been through life trials and tribulations like divorce, heartache, pain, loss, grief, and the like. We speak to you and shift you and cause you to get up from the place you are. 
by telling our examples, all right? Then I'm in life after dot, dot, dot. Now, I'm the visionary of this masterpiece, and it is an amazing masterpiece that it's going to make your head swim, really. There are stories in this book. There are 21 co-authors who have taken the time to depict their stories. They went there. They went raw. They told the truth from their vantage point. They are speaking about cancer, unforgiveness, barrenness, women that could never bear children, but yet God worked them through that cycle and they are all right with it. Women that had miscarriages and actually wanted to carry those babies, but lost them in the middle of life. My God, powerful, powerful stories. There's a woman in there named Mila Johansson, and you need to know her and follow her. She tells a story where she was born into poverty, all right? Born into poverty. She's telling the story from poverty to plenteous, and she has a lemon farm. Yeah, a lemon farm. And yeah, so it's so many stories in this book that you will never hear from another compilation. I want you to go and purchase it right now. You can pre-order it. And guess what? It is coming out September 6th. I am geeked. I am motivated. I am psyched. Look, all of the co-authors in this book, they're all ecstatic about this project. And I couldn't have asked for a better group. So yeah, then I'm in the Cinderella monologue. What in the world is the Cinderella monologue? I tell in detail my story. I tell about being evicted. Uh Uh-huh. Many things that people don't know about me. I go to that area of my life and I share my candid story with you to let each and every person know that you can be in the pit today, but God can bring you up to the palace tomorrow. Depending on your faith in God. See, even when I was in the pit, let me tell you this. I grew up in a loving home. My mother and dad were pastors and bishops and elect ladies and all of that. 15 children. They worked hard. We lived a lavish life. We traveled the world. We did all kinds of things. We stayed at amusement parks. We lived a full, vivacious life, just like the Huxtables, all right? (laughs) Well, I venture to say it was probably better than the Huxtables. Our homes were enormous. We had a loving life, right? Then I got married, and that life went from that until, my God, I don't even have a word for it. So I don't want to say anything bad about it, but what I will say is we started off good. It became rocky, and then it became rockier. And it went for a long time. I was married for 20 years, one month shy of 21 years. Can I share this with you for a moment? I recall waking up one morning, wanting to take my children to the park and have a day. Saturday morning, we wake up. My husband is gone. I wake up and I flip the light switch on, and the light switch does not give me any electricity. And I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I got all these little children. I got to do, you know, I got to do this. How am I going to curl my hair? My hair was really long at the time. And I took a long time prepping for my day. I wasn't one of those women that just walked out the door. All right. So in my mind, there's a lot of things going on. Like, how am I going to do this? How are they going to eat breakfast? How am I going to get them a bath and dry them off? 
I got to make it creative for them, right? So God gave me a plan. I made it very creative. I ran to the gas station. Mm-hmm. Me, me. I went in the deplorable gas station bathroom. I plugged my curl and iron up because women got to do what women got to do. And I curled my hair. I ran back to the house, got the children up, got them all their baths and got them dressed before they can even realize there was no electricity. I took them to the park, let them play. I took them to the library, let them sign out five books each because I had a plan. I said, I'm going to go to the library because when I get home, it's still going to be daylight. I can let the blinds up and everything, and I can read them books until they get sleepy and fall asleep. I took them to the corner restaurant and let them eat before we came home. I did my whole entire day so my children would know the situation we were in. Can I tell you this? I get home and I sit down on the floor and I begin to read. And I'm thinking they're going to go to sleep. But guess what? Children don't get to sleep. They they want more and more reading, right? <laughs> so needless to say, I had to make a joke. I said, the first one to bed and the first one that falls asleep, in the morning time, I'll have a treat for you. So that's what got my children to bed that night. Let me fast forward. This monologue is going to be huge. It's going to be on Amazon. Enough about me. <laughs> Your name is practically the title of the episode. It's fine if we talk about you. But, Ms. Jackson, I did want to go back to something. I knew my questions. I had them. Now, Ms. Jackson, you talked about women empowerment. And I think I'll be remiss if we don't talk about something you did earlier this year on the front of a magazine. And this is after. Now, this magazine mentions trauma, grief, pain, bodies, and healing. The front of women's magazine. Can you tell us a little bit about that feature? Wow. I don't typically talk about myself or I would have a copy here for you. But you can go on my website and you will see it and you can also purchase it. Yeah, I was awarded Woman of the Year for 2022 and was featured on the cover of WOD, Women of Destiny magazine by Dr. Renee Huffman. I don't know how they chose me, but I am honored and humbled. You know, I'm 57 years old now. I bear nine children, all natural births, except for my baby, which was a cesarean, and my son, I was induced with labor. But can I tell you, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, I will be with you in your childbearing years. And I must tell you that, yeah, when people hear um, she had nine children, people bow to me, they get on their knees, they say, you're an angel. People say, you know, uh, a lot of things (laughs) when I tell them I'm the mother of nine children. Yeah. It was hard. It was difficult. But listen, God made it so easy. My pregnancies were easy. My deliveries were even easier. They called me drive-through delivery woman. Why? Because I'm a child to God and I live my life. What I talk about, I live about. I got. So I can recall going into delivery one day and I heard a lady screaming, a scream that was piercing. And I came in and delivered my baby within 10 minutes. And that lady screamed. 
She said, tell that lady I hate her. <laughs> she said, tell her I hate her. And she was continuously screaming. And in my mind, I'm like, I wish to God I can go over there and teach her how to deliver this baby. But God spoke in my ear and said, no, baby girl, it's not up to you. It's not in a method. I gave you the perks I've given you because you lived holy for me, my God. Mm. So when we live holy for Jesus, there are perks that comes along with it. And we want to share it with others, but we can't share it. I recommend everybody to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the removing of your sin. Does that make your life easy? No. But like my mother told me, he cushions every wind that blows. When you walk for Jesus, the winds are going to be Eurocladon winds. They're going to be robacious and very difficult things you will encounter, but he cushions them, makes them bearable where you can go through each test and each trial and each tribulation. I don't look like what I've been through. That is only by the grace of God. Yes. So yeah, the magazine was an honor. I am humbled. But guess what? For life after dot, 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 I don't know if it's going to be 21, but there are various authors in there. They're going to have magazine covers as well, and they're going to be on a billboard. What God gives to me, I try to share with others. And so we're not only doing this anthology. If anyone wants to get on board with our next anthology for 2023, you need to reach out to me and I will send you the particulars. But it goes up from here. It goes up from here. So I'm a mother of nine children and raised them practically alone, right? So I must encourage that single mother, that single father that's out there. You think your time is over? I thought my time was over. Listen, I thought I would never be able to live my dreams. I thought I was going to stay home barefoot and pregnant. I thought I was going to have to worry every day about how I was going to pay my bills and Listen, I used to run out of gas taking my children to college. I didn't tell them I had enough gas to get them there and not enough gas to come back home because they wouldn't went. You know, children try to make excuses for what. Mm -mm. My children really don't even know all of the many sacrifices I had to make for them in order to make sure that they were going to be all right. But as a mother, you have to make those sacrifices. And so I want to talk to that single woman out there. You're worried. You're stressed. You don't know what to do. I came to tell you this is the face of a person that struggled. I went through eviction after eviction. I was evicted out of hotel rooms. That's unheard of, right? Evicted out of a hotel room, Miss Jackson. Oh, yes, baby. Not only one time, not only two times, not only three times, but multiple times. And if God can pick me up from where he deemed that I went, because many times I questioned God and said, not me, I'm your baby girl. Why in the world do I have to go through this? Are you serious? Come on, please. I know you're humorous, but God, <laughs> I thought I was better than this. You know what I'm saying? Come on. I, I'm just trying to be real with you because we have, all of us have those thoughts, right? But we don't say them out loud. And right now in my life, I'm saying my thoughts out loud. Why? Because I can because I can, because it's me that went through the struggle. And now I got to tell somebody else, you're going to make it out. Oh yes, you're going to make it out. You're saying it looks impossible. And I'm saying to you, it is not impossible with God. I'm saying to you, everything you're going through, everything you have endured is going to work in your favor. I wouldn't have never known 
if I hadn't continued to push ahead, I continued to forge ahead, even when things looked bleak and dismal, even when I didn't have two pennies to rub together. I kept pushing every day as if I did. I envisioned things. I made billboards. I made vision boards, several vision boards. And everything on that vision board over there has come to fruition. My God. I was in college. I had to drop out of college to raise my children multiple, multiple times. But guess what? The thought came to my mind, you're going to be 95 years old before you get a degree. Not so, not so, not so. Two years ago, my children and I took a trip to Kansas to walk across the stage and receive my bachelor's degree of ministry. Can I tell you that was cathartic? It was everything. I still haven't even celebrated all of these things I'm telling you because I'm still working every day to leave a legacy for my family, to do the best that I can do, to leave a footprint in the world for single women so they can see my face and say, she continued and so can I. Oh my gosh. It is so much that we have to do on earth. God is requiring us not to sit back and cry. Yes, we're going to cry some days, but that's not your entire life. You're not going to be at home crying day in and day out. I remember one time I cried for a whole year straight. I would go to church and I couldn't help it. Tears would just come down my eyes uncontrollably. And I would say to God, God, I've cried enough. I'm tired of crying. I'm embarrassed. Everybody looking at me, why in the world are you crying? I couldn't even put it into words while I was crying, but I was crying. But I'm not crying no more. <laughs> oh my God. He dried away my tears and I couldn't cry today if I wanted to. It's only a season. Sometimes the tears that fall around us water the ground around us. And that's when we see the plants grow. That's simply sometimes all it is. If we allow it, if we'll allow ourselves to be vulnerable and honest and open with ourselves, we'll start to see the things around us grow. Ms. Jackson, I want to go back to something. This is a question I had from the beginning. And this is why I told you to keep talking because this wasn't going to leave me. I want to talk about the focus. I want to talk about that room, that closet, right? Because that's where trauma, grief, pain, bodies, healing form. In that closet. What do you call that room again? Your prayer closet. Ms. Mm-hmm. Jackson has a room she goes to to make sure that she does one of the most important things of her day however many times you've been there. Do you people understand the focus it takes to have a room designed for specifically that, to make sure that you have a place to do it without interruption? Well, somewhat without interruption, but to make sure that you get that done. Ms. Jackson, how important has that room been to you? Oh, man. That is the most important room of my life. That room has saved me from making bad decisions. That room has saved me from connecting with people that weren't good for me. I told God, I said, God, I need you to be a buffer for me because of my personality, right? Mm. I don't know if you know what a buffer is, but that thing that that keeps you in line when, you know, (laughs) I told God, I said, my personality, the way my parents raised me, I'm very friendly. I'm outgoing. I'm personable. You know, people like to connect to me like a magnet for whatever reason. I don't know. I think it's the God that they see in me. But everybody does not mean the best for you. 
And sometimes I can't detect that because my loving personality overrides that nudge that God gives me for whatever reason. And so going in my prayer closet, I told God, I said, God, I don't want to connect with no one that you don't want me to connect with. And I don't want anyone to connect to me that you don't want to connect to me. Lit lovers and word warriors, this will conclude part one of the visionary shift. Please join us this Friday for part two as we continue our talk with evangelist Sandra E. Jackson. If you're an author looking to tell your story or a reader looking for the next great one to dive into, join us at theauthorspot.com for books, reviews, and other great tools. Thank you.